Good morning, everyone, and welcome to All Things SR Podcast. Morning, Leslie. Good morning, Pam, and it's so good to see our friends all around the globe. And I should say good evening to Susie and good afternoon to Dahlia. Um, Hope you all are having a wonderful, wonderful weekend. How is everybody today? Uh, Could be better. (laughs) <laughs> could be better. Could be well, better. Well, I am a little bit on the sleepy side. Are you? Um, mm-hmm. It's just been a really, really busy week. I had some many, many late nights uh, doing things on for work. And um, as, as a dear friend of mine said, it's catching up to you. You need some rest. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The brain does need to rest every now and then. Mm -hmm. that's right in in my much younger days when I would be out till four in the morning and coming home and going to work at nine o'clock a friend told me you know you can't burn the burn the candle at both ends and live (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm usually I'm usually a I'm usually a pretty pretty balanced person Mm -hmm. I just um, need to uh, catch up right now so and it is also June, it. Juneteenth, so happy Juneteenth, yes. everybody, our newest national Hello. holiday, thank God. Yes, yes, and um, I have a Juneteenth baby. My oldest daughter, mm-hmm. my oldest daughter is turning 26 today, and um, I am looking to see... And you're echoing. That my, yeah, we, I was echoing because my sound was on and I was <laughs> surprised by that. My sound was on on my laptop, um, but I, I hadn't been hearing the feedback until then. So I fixed that problem. Oh, cool. Hello, Betty. Good, yeah. good morning. Good morning. That's right. So, I'm yes, si- my. I'm sitting there my with old... the start button. Do I start? I'm like, you know, <laughs> switched everything over. I'm like, I better start. <laughs> Yes, uh, yes. My uh, my daughter uh, is a Juneteenth baby. Um, she is turning 26 today. And um, just a little background on Juneteenth. Uh, for those who may not be familiar with the holiday, who may not be in the U.S. and have heard about it, um, as Pam referenced, the federal holiday was signed into law on Thursday. Um, and it is really a celebration of um, emancipation and freedom from slavery. Uh, the story in particular is tied to um, Galveston, Texas. Texas, um, And it's really, it's kind of stunning because in Galveston, people went two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation had formally been signed until they learned and were free from slavery. So it's, it's kind of a bittersweet realization here but the key is to celebrate Absolutely. the fact that people were finally freed and slavery was officially um, and technically Abolished. finished. Um, there's a really good um, historian's perspective that I'm going to put the link in um, from Harvard University. Historian Jarvis Givens talks about the freedom celebrations because um, it really is kind of a stunning thing that there were people who were still enslaved after two and a half years um, and working 
under the same pretenses. Um, so let me put this in the chat box so you can learn a little bit more about it. And thank you, Ellie, for wishing my daughter birthday wishes. And fa happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Um, we'll be celebrating that tomorrow, which is great. And um, I see all the really lovely birthday wishes from everybody for my daughter. So thank you. And Cheryl noted that, unfortunately, it seems Georgia will not acknowledge the new federal holiday. Um, I think that's going to become probably some kind of court case, is my guess. I feel like someone's going to litigate that because it's states' rights versus federal rights. Um, right. It's interesting. I know in, Fe in Pennsylvania, uh, it was established uh, three weeks ago, I think, um, which is, I, again, it's... Um, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting conundrum how the states view things differently than a federal government sometimes. It so, that's part of our that's part of our uh, federated system of democracy here in the United States. That's so true. the key, the key is United States. So we have a federal government, but we have state governments as well. Um, Wow, they, I, I cannot believe, guys, we're in the last part of June. I know. Can you believe this? No, that's it's stunning to me. It really is. Um, so I'm very, uh, I'm hopeful that uh, everyone's having a good summer. I'm hoping that those who are dealing with severe weather um, out west and uh, the folks on the Gulf who are dealing with the storms mm -hmm. uh, come out of it. Thinking of Annette. Um, come out of it safe. Thinking of Annette right now, who's probably getting deluged with water. Ellie, I wasn't sure how things were in your part of uh, the West Coast, but I mean, the temperatures have been blistering. Um, in the 115, I saw, I think, uh, one of the places in California was 123 degrees Fahrenheit yesterday, which is super, super hot for our, our Celsius friends. Um, Yes, and happy first summer break to you, Ellie. Brenda noted that they're good so far, which is good. And um, uh, Betty, that's a great question. Betty had asked, I can't help but wonder what Julia would get uh, Gabriel, for Gabriel Father's at Father's Day. Day. That's a great question. I wish we would have asked SR that. Yeah, maybe we should have. <laughs> we, we might ask him that for next week. You never know. So anyway. Mm hmm I know what Gabriel would like for Father's Day. Well, Gabriel would always <laughs> like that. It didn't have to be Father's Day. <laughs> well, you know? mm hmm uh -huh. Yes, absolutely. The six weeks is up. Absolutely. So. <laughs> the six weeks is up. Yes, last week's chapter was quite steamy. Speaking of the hot heat here in the U.S., um, very, very steamy, uh, breaking of the six weeks dry spell, uh, Gabriel and Julia were able to connect in the most intimate way, um, in his, uh, temporary office <laughs> in Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. So, and, yes, and, and we have our Paul reference. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you, Betty. <laughs> She says, you know, it's great in the summer. <laughs> Ice cream made with milk from awesome cows from Vermont. <laughs> so, and, and which reminds me, we should wish James Andrew Frazier a happy birthday. His birthday was this week. 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. Happy birthday to our friend, actor James, who uh, does such a great job of portraying Paul in the series. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I agree, Betty. Gabriel would love to see Julian high heels. Ellie's saying perhaps chocolate body paint. Um, Betty's saying maybe he would like a photo shoot with Julia as a Father's Day present which I think is another really great idea. Anybody else have ideas for what uh, Julia can do for Gabriel for Father's Day? I think that's a great. I put a tweet out there. Let's see what if, if SR gets to it on the podcast. Oh, very resourceful of you, Pammy. Hey, you know, I've got three. <clears throat> I've got the iPad, the phone, the computer. It's, it's all about real time, folks. It's all about it doing is. this it in is. real time. So, so um, no, so this is going to be really great. And speaking of SR. And SR World, um, yes. And SR World, tell us about some of his news that he was well, sharing with us this um, week. He says that he can report that Dreamlit of Denmark has acquired the rights to Gabriel's Promise. So that's good news. So they'll be getting that together. All Books Editoria should be getting uh, putting up pre-orders for The Man in the Black Suit. Oh, that's yes, shortly. the Brazilian edition. Mm-hmm. So it should be it should be released soon. And Exmo of Russia is re- is releasing Gabriel's Promise in Russian in November. Oh, all really really good yeah, yeah, news items. A lot of I mean, there's been a I know um, the Russian fans have really been begging for Gabriel's promise to come. And, and also, uh, you know, the, the wait for the man in the black suit True. Um, to, to come to uh, Brazil is, is really exciting. I'm, I'm excited. So, Spe- all for all Acacia lovers. Yes. Um, he's yes. also been very pleased um, by the renewed interest in the Florentine series by the readers around the world. And thanks to everyone who read them and told friends and family about them. Words of Mouth is, uh, continues to be very important. And that it, well, and that I think, it does. I, well, I, I think too, um, you know, in terms of the Passion Flix community, I know there's been a lot of sharing in the fact that, you know, Gabriel's Inferno has been such a, a big hit. And the fact that we just did Wicked um, which is a paranormal uh, production, you know, it makes sense that people are chatting about, oh, what else, what else is, uh, SR, has SR done? And mm-hmm. the Florentine series, as we've, we've talked about before, is just such a beautifully written series. Um, it would be stunning to have, uh, mm-hmm. um, to have that story shared. And I know it's one of the things I always talk to people about when I, I talk about SR, how great the great that that world that he created is yes yes so um <laughs> and, and i'm laughing at the chat room uh betty suggested perhaps gabriel would like syrup from vermont um and susie said i don't think gabriel would want anything that came from vermont <laughs> no i don't think so <laughs> he says true but i didn't ask him if he wanted the syrup i'm just informing gabriel he's getting syrup <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think he would prefer Canadian syrup as opposed to Vermont syrup. Anyhow. <laughs> yes, I think so, too. Uh, I definitely do. And it's good to see so many of our friends in the chat room, Anna and Diana, Ms. Epiphany, mm-hmm. SR Fox, and Shell, so, and some, some Cheryl, other words, all of our friends, other Brenda. News, uh, some other news Ashley. from the SR world. 
I yes. says, I am working on my new book with the hope of releasing it next year, but I find that my writing is slower than usual. Maybe it's old age or COVID or both, but I'm working on it. And, and I strongly suggest SR. It's not age and uh, it's probably COVID because a lot of people can do it. It's, it's so. Jeff, I, I can honestly attest to that. Plus the, you know, the pandemic has really shifted the way people can work mm -hmm. and it always appears to us that you know SR does a lot of on the ground research he does a lot of traveling and I have a feeling that also helps to spark his oh, yeah. um his Almost creativity definitely. and I think being grounded is tough mm -hmm. well, and you know, um, it, it's like you know when you think about it the last 18 months we we haven't been able to go to a movie theater we haven't been able to go sit in a park and People watch really. We haven't been able to go in a coffee shop or a library, or mm -hmm. you know, really, because everything's been you know so locked up. And if you, you, as even if you're very introverted and prefer being in your hobbit hole, mm -hmm. you still get out. You do those things, and that all sparks stuff. So anyway. keep you, anyway. you, you know, the words will come. It'll they the, will. The, the book will be ready when it's ready. Right. Uh, and, and you know what? It's completely fine for yeah. him to take his time. Yep. You know, it's that's it's just I'm, of course I, the readers are are always eager because we love the storytelling. But the the fact of the matter is he's also been very involved that's in right. um in the movies. In the the movies. So, um as as the SR Fox said in the chat, we will be patient. Right. Um and, and we definitely will be. And Woodland Foxes never age, so we're good. Um, <laughs> this is true. Um, and he just had, he texted us, sent us a message late yesterday. She uh, just wanted to add for the announcement yes. this week. Um, there are some readers that are going to be having a fundraiser for MJ's mother, Norma. Uh, Norma has been helping support MJ and, and, and her kids since 2015 and they can really use our help from the community right now on saturday june 26th a small one-day auction will be held on the goe specialist zoom seminar facebook page uh, the auction will start at 8 a.m eastern time and it will end at midnight that evening uh, there's going to be a total of five auctions including something special from sr and another signed item from the set of Rapture. Um, I know Ashley's saying, ooh, she's excited. I know Ashley's a, a diehard um, the, the uh, fan auctions. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. there has also been a GoFundMe page uh, set up, a Warrior's Heart, uh, MJ's mom. And uh, we do have the link. And we can add that. Yes, I'm actually posting the link in the message and okay, um, right now in the chat room. So you can, so there's context around it. Um, yeah, I, I know I'm actually um, looking to see if there's something I can donate for the auction. Um, I think it's going to be a really, you know, an, a great opportunity if you are interested in items or just interested in helping and you don't need to if you can't, you know, don't feel obligated, I guess is the point. Right. But it's it's a way to come together and help um, um, help somebody who's in need. And I think it's a beautiful 
a tribute to our community and a beautiful tribute to um, SR and the, the, the kindness that SR has inspired in everyone to um, pull this together. So I uh, just want to thank everybody for, um, for their kindness and for their generosity and spirit. Um, I think that'll be really, really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, whatever you can do, promote it. Uh, uh, I know we're going to be putting it on our social media. So if you want to retweet and do whatever, that, that would be good. Right. Just help to spread the word. Yeah. Um, cause I think that will be, um, really, really wonderful. And I was looking in the chat, um, as well, you know, commenting on some of the challenges during the pandemic. Um, Betty said she's been watching videos of YouTube of Spain for a mental vacation. I love that idea. Anna notes the lack of human contact has taken a toll in all factions of day-to-day -day and long-term life. And Anna knows as she uh, works in that mental health field. Ellie said she went back to in-person home visits with her families the last two weeks before the vacation. And many canceled due to illness, mm -hmm. she says. She thinks it may have been going back to in person too soon. Mm -hmm. So we just encourage everybody to still stay safe. Um, and she's and uh, also, you know, prayers for Jen's mom. Yes. Uh, her mom's been uh, put in hospice. Yes. Um, for those of you who know Jennifer Locklear and the Locklear Library, the, the work of Jennifer and Morgan. Um, just brings joy to so many people, and uh, they're going through an especially tough time right now. So please say prayers for her and her family. Um, it's never easy. Um, with the end of life, it's always really hard. But I think it's a blessing that they can all be there um, together to help support her mom. Absolutely. So, um, yes, yes. As um, Betty's saying lots of prayers for Jen's mom, which is true. So, and Betty also noted earlier that we are getting spoiled because we have the new film this fall and possibly winter. Mm -hmm. And we just cannot complain. And I agree. Um, and also... From Passion Flicks. The, from uh, Passion Flicks. The um, shop is not open at the moment. I believe that this weekend is the weekend that they were transferring everything out to Atlanta. Uh, and uh, so they've closed the shop up for right now. It will be open soon. And I understand that not only Gabriel stuff is in, but there's also some um, driven and fueled stuff coming into the shop yes. as well. So. Definitely, because yesterday they announced the date that part two of the driven series um, is coming in July. Mm -hmm. And. I just had the date up. July twenty second. It's the twenty. Is the twenty second, right? Right. I was thinking twenty second or twenty eighth. Um, very, very excited about that. They look on social media to see the. The trailer is um, out. The trailer is. Uh, yeah, the announcement is uh, out. Um, it looks like it's going to just be. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good ride, ladies. It's going to be a good ride. I'm excited to uh, see 
what they were able to produce and pull off in the midst of the pandemic. Um, so it's super exciting. Um, and also to see, of course, um, uh, the evolution of the character of Colton mm -hmm. going from Casey to our new actor. Um, so I think uh, I'm hoping that they uh, are able to continue uh, that great story. Um, it's such a beautifully written story. Um, and I really like book two of the series. So um, if you if you haven't read it, I, I actually highly encourage you to do so. It's, it's really, really good. Um, as Susie says, it's been a long time coming too. So very excited to see the story continue. I agree, Susie. I agree. And speaking of stories, I think we can turn our attention now to Gabriel's Cambridge Promise, again. Chapter 26. Yes. Yes. Back in the saddle. Um. <laughs> They're back. They're back at Harvard. They're back home. They came um, back from uh, the whirlwind trip to Edinburgh and are now um, back in um Re back to their reality and um, Julia's back on campus in Cambridge when the chapter starts and uh, come in Cecilia responds to the knock on the door and Julia walks in asking if she has a minute and while her expression uh, the expression of Cecilia changed she nodded to her yes yes please come in and Julia was a little surprised, a little confused why Cecilia had this look on her face, but she just walked in and then waited until she was offered a seat to sit down. She wasn't quite sure maybe Cecilia was having a bad day. Um, and as, uh, as we may recall, Cecilia was from Italy and arrived at Harvard the same time as Julia. And uh, she had asked if Julia was uh, on her maternity leave and um, you know Cecilia was not smiling when she asked that question and it made Julia a bit nervous um, because as you can recall she talked to Cecilia about the leave and uh, she talked to her about having um, balancing the academic career with the career of motherhood mm -hmm. um, which is something Cecilia had done and you know Cecilia was very much an ally um, so, you know, this kind of uh, reaction to her confused Julia and it made her nervous. And she told Cecilia, yes, she was on maternity leave, but wanted to talk for a minute. And Cecilia started the conversation saying, I'd heard the news about the Sage lectures. And the Harvard administration was touting Gabriel's accomplishment as a very important alumnus. Uh, Cecilia mentioned she saw the topic for the lecture and noted, you know, it's interesting, but it's just too romantic. Uh, saying that meta-level readings of Dante are, um, are, are fairly common, she actually expected much, much more from Gabriel. And again, this comment really surprised Julia because she always thought that he and Cecilia were on very friendly terms. And you know, Julia walked into the office wanting to have this conversation she was nervous about having anyway. And Cecilia kind of went on the offensive as soon as she walked in and started really uh, disparaging Gabriel um, and his topic 
before Julia even had a chance to say a word. Um, so I, you know, I think it, the setting and the way SR constructed this, I think was really, um, it was a very dramatic way to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Cecilia continued asking if she and Gabriel would be commuting next year to Edinburgh. And that's when Julia said, well, you know, that's kind of what we wanted to speak to her about. And I see in the chat room, um, we have, uh, Brenda noted jealousy already mm -hmm. looming along with the envy. And Betty said, I was surprised with Cecilia's behavior, disappointing. Shell said, Cecilia is totally inappropriate. And Anna says, but now Cecilia's green jealousy rears its ugliness. And, I agree. And Shell says, instead of standing up to her bosses with her comments, Marinelli attacks a student. And um, Betty says, I felt uncomfortable. And I'm not Julia. Mm -hmm. I agree, too. Um, Pam and I were having this discussion, too. Um, before we came on. Before we came on, I and the fact that he she's sniping about Gabriel directly to Julia um, is very disappointing to me. Uh, and I, I was a little confused. Um, and we didn't haven't gotten further into re revealing the chapter and some of the other things that happened, um, which may have shaped why Cecilia acted the way she was. But. It, I felt it, like it, it seemed so counter to, it was so disappointing and it seemed so counter to the Cecilia that I had in my mind and what she, and the Cecilia that had, she had proven herself, her character to be in the last book when she was encouraging Julia that you can pursue academia and, and still be have a family. Yeah. Um, so the support of Cecilia um, has seemed to have gotten replaced by the um, jealous the and threatened Cecilia. Yeah. Um, and Brenda, yes, lack of professionalism. And that, that's the thing I kind of got hung up on. I can understand Cecilia being jealous. I can understand her being threatened. Um, and, but I don't understand. I know it's, she's probably just lashing out at the closest person to Gabriel she you know the first Gabriel connected person she could speak with but and of, and of course it's true. I I expected more of her I expected her to be more professional than that you know it's it's almost like it's almost like um if someone is convicted of a crime um and you're blaming the the spouse for mm -hmm. their behavior you know everyone has to be accountable Exactly. Everybody has to be accountable for their own actions. And she should not be holding Julia accountable for um, Gabriel's selection of topic or Gabriel's uh, good fortune of being named. And Ashley said, I think for Julia, me and mom have so many Cecilia's at work, so demanding and bossy in front of people, making me and my mother feel like, ugh, you know? I hear you. Yes. We hear you. I'm sorry you're dealing with that, Ashley. That's not a professional. Yeah. That's not, it is, you know, Brenda, I can't, you know, lack of professionalism. That's just not how you operate. There are ways and decorum that you follow in the workplace. And that is just not it, especially in academia. True. And, and she's going on talking about this now, um, mm -hmm. telling Julie that she could not take a leave of absence, not after the maternity. And, you know, 
this really, really, really surprised Julia. So um, they had uh, also exchanged emails about Professor Woodhouse's workshop earlier early on, and she, Julia volunteered that she was already working on a reading list that she had been given for her dissertation. And she, Cecilia suggested that she should also work on the reading list for the workshop as well. Uh, and Cecilia said she uh, would send, a, send her the list. Uh, she, Julia thanked her but, and told her that she had seen Professor Woodhouse and his former student, uh, Graham Todd. And Cecilia knew Graham, and she was a bit happier with that. Uh, but it was good for her to know Don, you know, because he has such importance in, in the Dante world. And uh, it shows that, she, you know, it's important that she know everyone was serious about her studies. And, and uh, this line really, this part really stuck the knife in a little further, I thought, was when Catherine picked, you know, you don't want to be compared to Catherine picked in the rehashing Gabriel's uh work and and that kind of took Julia by surprise by saying that. Again, um, she's she's really attacking the wrong Yeah, she person. is. So Julia told her though that she had been doing something right by offering a new uh perspective on um the case of Guido de Montefeltro. Well, actually Cecilia. Cecilia told yeah. Julia. Yeah. And I thought this is when I thought, well at least she recognized that, you know, at, you know, she said this snarky comment about not being under their shadow mm -hmm. and then turns around and is like, well, you know, you did something right because, you know, you got, you got Don's attention. Woodhouse's attention. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, then why did you even say that comment? Because Julia is already demonstrating that she's stepping out from their shadow. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I just I think to me it's, it shows the emotional irrationality uh, that Cecilia's jealousy is bringing. Yeah, and she's, also, and she's also, I think, kind of discouraging her a little bit by saying, uh, telling Julia that um, something, sometimes doing excellent work isn't always enough. And you have to be focused and disciplined. And, uh, you know, she had mentioned that Julia was also on a fellowship from Harvard for her studies. And because of the maternity leave, um, they had awarded that fellowship to somebody else, and now she wants to go on another leave, and Cecilia just couldn't support that. So this is kind of making Julia a little nervous here. And the thing that confuses me about that, though, Pam, is the fact that you know the whole comment about sometimes um, you know doing excellent work isn't always enough. To do excellent work, you have to be focused exactly. and you have to be disciplined. So it's it's like again, I feel like this this is demonstrating the irrationality of her emotional of Cecilia's emotional state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just like she's throwing things out there that are really not logically not founded in logic. And you know, the whole point about the leave, she and of course this is pre-pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. So this is more in the old school. But even back in the old school, back when this was happening, um, they still were doing a lot of distance education and distance learning. That's been going on for decades. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is she could do all she could do a huge amount of work and research um, without 
being on on campus. That's true. So it's just, uh, just you know, but you uh, and it, it's her emotion. Cecilia's emotion is overrunning her right, right. reason. And, and Julie is trying to explain to her that, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be a lead, but she could take courses at Edinburgh that would right. be okayed by the department. Uh, and that uh, Graham was going to bring her a list of what was going to, you know, what classes were going to be there. So she could go back and forth mm-hmm. and do what she needed to do. And Cecilia is reminding her, well, you know, Edinburgh's not Harvard. Right. Yeah. And, and well, if Edinburgh is not Harvard, then she should be so upset about the Sage Lectures. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, but Again, now, her irrationality. And now, and now the irrationality comes to fruition because she's pointing, she's pointing down at the office of Greg Matthews, the, uh, the chair of the department, and she's like, I doubt that Greg would approve me taking final classes in Edinburgh. And so, like, Julia's like, please. Yeah. I mean, it's like, come on. Um, she said, I'll she's find desperate out. to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. She's trying to, she'll find out what they are. She'll show them, make your decision what classes would be good. And uh, Cecilia's like, well, I can't promise anything. Yeah. So. I have to say, when she said, I can't promise anything, I was at least, I thought, well, at least she didn't just flat out refuse her. Mm-hmm. That was the only saving grace in that conversation. I mean, she implied it's not going to happen, but she didn't say a flat out right now. Um, so frustrating. You know, I'm looking at the chat. Betty said, did, C- did Cecilia actually think that by attacking Julia? Gabriel would back down, and now um, Edinburgh would call Cecilia to take his place. <laughs> Methinks Cecilia is having a mental breakdown like the Roman. <laughs> that could very well be. <laughs> um, and Anna noted, and she's disparaging Catherine? Wait until Gabriel, Catherine, and Julia strike back. <laughs> oh, it's going to be rough. <laughs> um, yeah. Brenda noted, she does, she feels threatened. And Ashley's like, oh, Cecilia, why are you messing with our Julia? Give her a break. Come on. <laughs> and Shell said Marinelli is being irrational, irrational. Mm-hmm. Anna said, when she says good work isn't enough, she's saying she was passed up for the sage because she's a woman. Well, Catherine was a sage. Mm-hmm. Um, really good point, Anna. Really so. good point. Um, and there is, you know, um, traditionally there had been. And I think there is still in some corners um, sexism mm-hmm. that and, and from, uh, from everything I've heard, it's it's there's a lot of that in academia. Mm-hmm. As Ellie noted, the arrogance of academia. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, crazy. Betty lost audio as she blames Cecilia. <laughs> Are we off air? Are, can you guys hear us now? Betty lost audio. Cheryl lost audio. Ashley said. Oh, Ashley did, back. and now they're back. Huh. Oh, no, I'm still sure. I didn't. Lori's was fine. Uh, that's weird because you guys are all in different places. If it was regional, I would have said, I would have blamed a regional, you know, a regional loop. Well, on the, you, you do know that the we're, broadband. We are network. in um, retrograde, Mercury retrograde. So, 
Yes, we are in Merc. You are correct. Mercury in retrograde until Tuesday. Right. So we're bl we're we're not blaming Cecilia on this one. No, we're we're, <laughs> we're, bl we're blaming Mercury in retrograde. <laughs> and Betty says it was Cecilia. I tell you. Um, oh, and Anna just came back too. Wow. Sorry about that, ladies. Yeah. We're blaming Mercury in retrograde. Um, yeah. LOL. Reading brave right now. Um, <laughs> get, get going to need a rent, please. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know. I love that. That was that was a great series. Um, so, yeah, Cecilia, Betty, I know you can blame Cecilia because she has been causing a lot of havoc on this chapter. That's for sure. So, you know, Cecilia was like, I cannot, you know, I cannot promise you anything. And for Julia, she was thinking this conversation definitely has not gone as planned because I think Julia truly viewed Cecilia as an ally, um, maybe as a, a tough supervisor for her thesis, um, maybe as someone who has high standards, but not someone who would be attacking her in an unprofessional manner. Um, Shell said Marinelli's comments are some that I would expect from a male professor. I think that's a very interesting um, observation, Shell. Um, you know, someone who may not have any... Uh, give any credence to, uh, the need of, um, uh, a working mother. Um, but honestly, if she can do the work in a different manner and still, it, it's all about managing by production, you know, yeah. if she can be doing the work that's required, um, in a different way, you know, it's, it honestly, it's showing their short sightedness in my opinion. Right. Um, Betty says, I can already imagine Paul getting upset with Cecilia if he knew what she was doing to Julia. <laughs> I love you, Betty. And Anna noted Julian was truly shell-shocked. And <laughs> uh, Ashley said, sad how advisors uh, choose to advise and not judge, um, mm -hmm. are supposed to advise and not judge or be demanding. And now Cheryl's back. Well, welcome back, Cheryl. Sorry you missed it. Um, sorry, we're having technical difficulties today. Um, I don't think it's on our end. I actually think it's on the broadband network. Um, I, think I, I think it is too, because so, everything looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since, you know, Cheryl's in Atlanta and some of our other friends are in New York. Somebody's in Philly, you know, it, it's all across all the board. So. Um, East coast though, I guess. So that's interesting. Um, Julia needs a friend right now. Betty says, cough, cough, call Paul. Um, and Ellie makes a good point, too. Not every professor makes a good advisor. That, that says it, too. So um, hopefully our recording, for those of you who are having some issues hearing us, hopefully the recording will be sound. And um, if it's getting too frustrating for you to he be in and out, um, you'll be able to listen to the podcast um, again on demand. So, it, you know, poor Julia's just this, this meeting has gone completely in the wrong direction and not what she anticipated. Mm -hmm. And she's hearing Cecilia go on and drone on. And this, you know, I think this to me gives a little bit better understanding of why not just a pure jealousy of factor, but I think, I think, I think this is like the fear factor that's um, creeping into Cecilia's existence, which is driving her completely irrational behavior and highly unprofessional behavior, in my opinion. Um, Cecilia said, did you know 
that the dean called Greg at home the day of the Sage lecture announcement? And Julia's like, no, I, you know, how would Julia know, right? Right. Um, Julia didn't know and apologized because at this point, Julia's being um, meek, accommodating Julia to try and get through this meeting. And she said, uh, Gabriel is an alumnus. Um, so the dean and the chair can claim him, and they were touting his accomplishment. Um, and Cecilia was as well. Um, Greg had told her that Gabriel actually had applied for the endowed chair um, that they gave to Cecilia. And he was saying now the dean is thinking that Greg made a huge mistake. So right there, that, I'm that saying the fear factor. Yeah, Essentially, he's saying... We selected you, and Gabriel applied for your job, and Gabriel got the Sage lecture, and you didn't. Um, so Cecilia gristled that she earned her position, and she was further along in her career than Gabriel was and had so many more publications. And now the dean is bringing Catherine in in July, you know, coming in soon to Harvard as well. And she's asking, why do you, why is that? So, I mean, this explains, this explains so much about Cecilia's irrational behavior. She is threatened that her, she's threatened for her job. She thinks they're, you know, um, and, and this I think goes into the, um, kind of a little bit of the patriarchy here of, Mm -hmm. of how, academia sometimes can be, um, you know, the fact that she was being called and criticized, I, I have to think in some ways that I don't think if the, if the tables were reversed, I don't feel like Greg would have called Gabriel out about this. I could be wrong. I might be besmirching Greg's character, but uh, it just seems to be very, very suspect. Yeah, but it would also leave Julia with who would she pick as her advisor since the reality is she right. really can't have her husband do it either. So, Right, right. Well, and, you know, uh, Cecilia bringing in the Catherine reference is just her, I think, heightened, heightened... Um, Insecurities. Insecurity. Yeah, She's as Anna said. Jay- with her job. Yeah, yeah. And um, Betty said, now I understand why Julia was so reluctant to go on maternity leave, um, which is true. And yes, Susie, Susie said, it's all good for me. And I'm the farthest away <laughs> in terms of our, our sound quality. So I'm glad that our international broadband connections are working all the way over to your neck of the wood in Adelaide, Susie. So, um, yeah, it's quite, uh, keep quite look, confounding. Keep a look out for Jamie um, Dornan. <laughs> Oh, is he down there? Yeah, he is. Oh, Susie. You need to be our eyes on the ground there, my friend. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, Cecilia's just pummeling her. um, And Anne is noting that Julia's insecurities are are resurfacing now, too, um, since she's kind of getting threatened. And... And that's where she should have stood up for herself with, with her boss, Cecilia noted. Yeah, I know. Uh, or, I mean, Michelle noted. Cecilia should have said what she said to Julia 
to Greg and said, look, Greg, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I'm further along in my career than Gabriel. I've more, I've published more. Um, I'm, you know, obviously I have the credentials for you to make the hire. So there's no reason for you to, there's no reason for the Dean to challenge your judgment. And she should have encouraged, this is where Greg should have stood up for his employee and, and, and for his, yeah. and for his decision-making that is, that's Greg fell down on the job there. He should, he, sh or he needs to go back and say, you know, Dean, these, Cecilia was the right hire and this is why. Yeah. I mean, she, you know, so, she had earned her endowed chair at Harvard because of all of her background. You know, yeah. and the fact that she even left Oxford to go to Harvard, and you know, you weigh you weigh the positions of Harvard and Oxford, and um, I, I personally, I just tend to go more Oxford because it's a major institution. But mm -hmm. you know, so but anyway, um, but that doesn't seem to count with the dean. None of that did, and uh, they have, you know, they they. Harvard is very competitive. They have to win every award. And now that Gabriel's at Boston University and he gets this Sage lecture, Boston University is beating him. And, mm -hmm. and that kind of competition in academia, especially in lo lo local um, geographic areas, is very real. Yeah, and, they're, and they very are real. all right near each mm -hmm. other. So. Um, you know, so she's, you know, she's dropped her voice asking and tell, she tells Julia, uh, you're on maternity leave and you must return in the fall. How do you think it would be if the top student, her student, left for Edinburgh? And at the same time, she was passed over for the SAGE lectures and now Catherine is coming into the department. No, you got to finish your coursework here. So mm. she's, she's feeling threatened on all levels oh yeah yeah and looking in the chat room you know ashley noted oh boy cecilia the claws are out and betty said do you think if cecilia had received praise from her supervisor she might have reacted differently yes i actually think she wouldn't have been as in my opinion i don't think she would have been as cutthroat as she was i think she would have still been jealous but I don't feel like the jealousy would have gone to the level it did to just shut her down completely. Um, you know, because as, as she noted, how's this going to look for my top student to leave? Mm -hmm. um, I feel like if, if she would have had some support from her bosses, I don't know if she would have been as uh, draconian in her behavior. And Anna noted Cecilia should feel threatened. She's messing with the wrong group. <laughs> <laughs> Um, totally insecure, as Susie said. Mm -hmm. And Brenda said, that's a conversation that Greg should have, should not have had with Cecilia. Mm -hmm. And that was very unprofessional on his part. I, I agree with you there too, Brenda. Um, and uh, trickle down effect, Anna said. That's right. Yep. Yeah, like Martin to Cecilia to Julianne. And Cheryl said, Julia wants to work for all she receives professionally. She's hesitant to ruffle feathers. And you're right. And, and navigating in the political waters of academia is a part of it. Um, Cheryl noted that she thinks Greg is jealous of Gabriel. That's, That's a very interesting, interesting 
Mm-hmm. I think so too. And you know, they were colleagues. Greg, he talked to Greg when he was at University of Toronto, and Gabriel. They so they know it's a small community, right? So they do all know each other. I think that's a really interesting point, Cheryl. Um, Betty said, in Gabriel's defense, he really needed something to help him show off his skills. Unfortunately for him, he was stuck teaching in an area that was not his strongest suit. Another really good point. I love I love our discussions we have on Saturdays, guys. This, it's, it, talking about these books make me really happy. I love it. It's a great way to start the weekend. Yeah. Um, yes. And Shell said, all the academics are jealous of Gabriel now since he has the sage lectures. Of course they are. And mm-hmm. they all would be. So Julie, oh, yeah. Julie is feeling like, you know, despair and, you know, not because she's worried that and she, if she says anything after this comment that um, Cecilia's made, that she's going to just burst into tears. Mm-hmm. And so Cecilia puts on her glasses. She's like, Catherine's in her 70s. She may retire. She's also the godmother of the child. If I decide to drop you as a student and then left it open. And in that space of a few seconds, Cecilia had dropped the equivalent of a hydrogen bomb. You know, while, while she didn't say anything, she was going to drop it to her as a student. She was threatening her. And she, again, know, completely inappropriate. You know, losing completely a, inappropriate. Losing a, a supervisor would be devastating for any student in any any particular career field. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so uh, Julia, so Celia says to Julia. She, she should continue reading preparation for a dissertation. She would send a reading list to, to her for, for Don's Wood, Woodhouse's uh, workshop. And so Julia's like, you know, okay, thank you. And she get, gets out in the hall, runs to the nearest bathroom, gets in a stall, and she starts crying. Oh, my gosh. And... I'm, you know, looking in the chat. Anna made some good points. Julia, is, Julian is, is hesitant to self-advocate, and I think at this point, because she's so upset and emotional, and Anna makes a great point too. Julia's still postpartum, yeah. So her emotions are so much intensified um, that you know it, it's it's overwhelming to her. Mm-hmm. And as Betty said, now this got way too personal. Cecilia crossed the line so much she can't even see the line anymore. Mm-hmm. Again, that's it's, it's her her irrationality, her emotional irrationality is just um, subverting any kind of logical sense. Yes, Absolutely. Brenda noted. Poor Julia hit like a Mack truck. And Shell said, if Julia's innermost character were any different, she would have brought Greg in and pounded Marinelli into dust. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I agree. Um, Cheryl said, I would have told Cecilia to drop me and slapped her. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley said, I want to curse Cecilia out, making Julia cry like that. And Susie noted, her behavior is bordering on bullying, in my view. It is. Um, It is. To a large part, it is. Um, I, I I think it crossed into the bullying when she threatened to drop her. Yeah. I think before that, it was really inappropriate and terrible, but the the idea of her dropping her as a student, well, again, and it just to my you know it, it it's showcasing her irrationality. 
uh, a minute or two before she said her top student mm -hmm. and then threatening to drop her, you know, it's, it, you know, she's, she's praising her in one moment and disparaging her in the next. And yeah. she is just emotionally out of control. And it's a shame. I feel, uh -uh. I feel bad for her in a lot of ways. And as far as that goes, and the, the other mm -hmm. is, as uh, someone pointed out, Julia also, she doesn't, she wants to earn everything she has on her own. She doesn't want, right. she doesn't want to be known as Gabriel's wife studying Dante. She doesn't want to be known as Catherine's student studying Dante uh, mm -hmm. and, and having all that mixed in with her. She wants to be Julia Mitchell Emerson, a, yep. uh, Dante specialist and all she wants to earn her, whatever she has on her own. So she's, I, exactly. I, I, you know, I'm sure she's feeling, she doesn't know which way to go on top of everything as far as how to defend herself either. At that point. I think you're right on that. And, you know, looking in the chat, um, you know, Cheryl noted that she's just being a big bully. Um, and, that uh, total abuse of power, Anna said, professional harassment. Betty noted, I can't believe this is happening to Julia. After all her hard work, it all comes down to a jealous professor and lack of professionalism. Um, and Ellie has a good comment uh, regarding, um, you know, how it really is all intermingled in academia. There can be jealousy, arrogance, and also trying to hide the tales of those succeeding, mm -hmm. to ride the tales of those succeeding. Um, there is sexism, too. So I can feel some of Cecilia's feelings around this, but her behavior is poor. Matthews could also be said to be trying to ride Gabriel's tails with his connection to him. They feed off of each other. Um, and I totally agree with that. I agree with that, too. Back and, you know, and I was, I was, when I was going through this, I, there was something I was going to put in here, and I took it out. You know, it's like Gabriel, or Harvard wants to say, well, Gabriel Emerson was our, one of our... Uh, best alumnus, alumnus, right. alumnus mm -hmm. and um, you know, here he is doing this, here he's doing that, look at this, look at that. And it's like, if you know, sometimes for me, there are times where I can say my high school, Archbishop John Carroll High School, Radnor, Pennsylvania. Mm. Yeah, that's we, a, yeah. Our students were uh, Brad Inglesby, who wrote Mayor of East Town. Um, we had, uh, what's her name, Maria Bello, she's an actor, she was on ER, I did a bunch of movies, I think she's done something on, um, Hulu right now, uh, Kate Flannery from The Office went to my high school, Will Smith, mm. The Fresh Prince went to my high school, <laughs> um, and, you know, and out of the acting world, Joe Clancy, who was the head of the Secret Service, he was actually in my class in high school. Yeah, and I can take pride, and, and the school can take pride, but that should not be their main focus. Right. And that's kind of where Harvard is at the moment, I think. Well, and Harvard wants it both ways. Yeah. You know, because the institution is is having the shiny object of Gabriel and the sage lecturer, mm -hmm. but then the dean is also, you know, questioning why we didn't, you know, why we didn't select him and you know and and also they're they're just it's it's very um it's just very 
inconsistent mm-hmm. with with uh, what they're saying publicly and what they're saying privately. Um, and you know, Shell noted there was definitely backhanded complimenting going on in Cecilia's conversation with Julia. Mm-hmm. Mind witchery, Cecilia is doing not right. Ashley noted, and. Cheryl said, I hate when bosses bring your personal life into play. And actually, Cheryl, again, unprofessional, right? That is like a no-no that you're not supposed to be doing that. Um, It's one thing if the employee raises it to you. It's another thing for you. you, The employee can bring a personal issue to you if it's something they're struggling with. Mm -hmm. But you are not to do that as a supervisor. It's just a big no-no. And Betty said, this is the second time this happens to Julia. Remember how Gabriel wanted her to find another thesis supervisor because he didn't want to work with her? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. And that also, that all plays into it. It all plays into her, her reaction. Mm -hmm. And Ashley said, I would file a complaint without hesitation. Um, I think that's a tough one, Ashley, because all the people she'd file complaints with are in that chain. I'm not sure how you handle that. I, I guess there's a university, a higher level university um, office that would be outside of their uh, that chain of command. But, you know, and Ellie noted and hold, told a student back when she did work hard to get her spot at Harvard. It just, you know, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Brenda said Harvard should have hired him considering that he was an alumni but he wasn't qualified enough, and now they want to take all the credit for his success. Yeah, um, and that's something that happens, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody, like you said, Pam, everybody kind of attaches their success to and attributes it. Um, Cecilia has the job position Gabriel wanted. Um, she has that position. Shouldn't that make her happy? Yeah, a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anna. You, I think we, you know, just referenced this, the, the fact that Gabriel received the endowed chair at Harvard, who would have supervised Julianne, a substandard Dante professor. Um, that would have been something that they would have made arrangements for. I mean, that does happen. You know, you can't have, uh, you know, a husband supervising his spouse. So they would have made arrangements that that was something they could have done. Um, and who knows, it may have been Greg. Mm-hmm. Um but it's, it's, you know, as Ellie noted, a student has to be very careful. There is a lot of know your place in academia, mm-hmm. but then also manipulations. It's a power struggle, right? It's a power play. That's the, you know, the whole, one of the things that are demonstrated so much in the storyline, um, power and abuse of power. We went mm-hmm. through that. We saw it firsthand with the uh, rapture, right? We did. Um, if you can complain, if you complain, then you can be blackballed in some other way too, and that's a really good point. Um, this was one more brutal blow coming from what we thought was an ally, but now an envious witch. Yeah. Ashley said, "Very true." Um, Cecilia says that Julia is her top student, as if Julia had nothing to do with her own le- learning and hard work. Again, it's that inconsistency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, very, very good point. Um, and yes, there are students' rights, Ellie said, but to rock the boat, it's a, it's a really tricky it's a balance. And no wonder, no wonder Julia's in tears. I mean, seriously, 
Um, and throughout the chapter, we actually, um, I asked SR 101 questions on this chapter, um, a lot of them in the same field. So I'll kind of go through the, the gist of my questions and then we'll read uh, the answer SR shared with us. Um, I asked him a couple different things. Why was Cecilia disparaging Gabriel's topic for the lectures? Why did Cecilia switch to Italian when she interrupted Julia, telling her she couldn't take another leave of absence? Why is Cecilia sounding so bitter? Was Cecilia bluffing? Would Greg approve of Julia taking classes at Edinburgh? Because um, that was the one thing I kept thinking. Greg could have definitely said yes to her, especially if, if his buddy, um, some of his buddies who were teaching in Edinburgh, you know, intervened or, or, or um, did a letter of support saying we would, you know, definitely work with you, Harvard, to make sure the level of quality, whatever, whatever. You know, Greg, Greg could have just said yes. So was Cecilia just bluffing to intimidate Julie even more? Why is Cecilia taking her frustrations out about the dean and about Gabriel Sage lecture appointment out on Julia? And does Cecilia have a problem with Catherine Picton? Why is she threatening to drop Julia? And was Julie, why was Julia concerned about finding another supervisor? So, yeah, lots of questions to, for SR. And here is his response. SR says, in crafting Cecilia's character, we begin with her as an ally and friend. But in the successive conversations with Julianne, we see envy. Cecilia is envious of Gabriel and his success. And further, Cecilia is being criticized by her chair and the dean for failing to live up to the promise attached to her by those who hired her. Envy is a problem in a lot of places and not least in academia. And as ever, Julianne, as a graduate student, is at the mercy of her supervisor and her institution. So tough. Mm -hmm. So tough. So, and in fact, I'll put that answer in there because I thought it was insightful. It is, as always, as um, very insightful. Yes, it helps to hear what was going on in that mind of that beautiful mind of his. <laughs> um, Backdoor blackballing happens all the time in all professions, Anna said. And uh, Cecilia is now on the level of CFP and Simon, Shell noted. And thank you, Lori. Lori liked the questions. Um, and Betty noted that explains a lot. You know, I'm also thinking not only is Cecilia envious of Gabriel, but I'm wondering if in a way she is seeing Julia as an, a rising threat. I know she's a lot further advanced in her career, mm -hmm. but um, I just, I, I think to me when I read it, that, that comment that Greg made about the Dean being angry about hiring, you know, why did we hire her when we should have hired him? Mm -hmm. I think that's the root of why she just lost all her sanity and was completely irrational and unprofessional. Right. with Julia. I just think that's, and it's just so unfair to Julia. You know, and Anna just mentioned that she's, uh, perhaps Cecilia insinuated that she was primed to be deemed the same lecturer. And mm. 
you know, I'm sure on a on a professional level, when when you're in the working world or the academic world, and and you feel that you've given and you give so much, and then mm -hmm. turn around and and you know, like there's there's a goal that you something that you might want to get, and you don't get it. That's very frustrating as well. Oh yeah, I agree. And I think um, Brenda noted. I think she sees her as a possible possible threat because of her connection to um, to Catherine Picton and Gabriel. And I can, and, um, I can imagine she's yeah. Shell, you're right. Julia is the shiny new toy everyone wants a part of. I, I think that's true too. I'm also sure that she's going to be uh, very hard on Julia as a supervisor going forward. Mm -hmm. Because of that, I don't think Julia minded. Envious. Yeah, I don't think Julia was afraid of working hard, and you know she was she was primed and prepared for you know kind of the brutal criticism she would get from like an academic rigor, mm -hmm. you know, because she went through that with Catherine. So, and frankly, if you survive Catherine Picton, I think you can survive anybody's um, expectations, but. Um, you know, I also think you know this kind of this kind of like um, attacking spirit is a totally different thing. It's because it's irrational. It's not based on fact. And when you're dealing with the irrational and the untruthful, it's 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 really hard to get your bearings. Um, and um, Shell said, "No one knows who will be chosen for the lectures, so they were all irrational." Ellie noted, Catherine. Gabriel and Julia make an even more powerful alliance. Mm -hmm. And it could be the training your replacement syndrome um, that Cecilia is feeling as well. All good, all good thoughts. Yeah, it all could be. And um, Betty, I agree. Betty also noted, we are so fortunate that we can ask the boss questions and get this insightful answer. We are. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really, really, I think that's one of the things that is so special about the podcast, right? We can have a question, we can read the chapter or we can talk about a topic and we can ask the author questions and we'll get his responses to share with everybody. I think that's kind of one of the, the special elements of our podcast, which I really love. Mm -hmm. yes. um, and you yeah, know, some, and he's so accessible on Twitter too. So that, that helps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's just so many good comments here. Uh, Shell noted there's being hard as a supervisor, and then there's total irrationality that shows an envious person, and that's true. Mm -hmm. And Ellie noted Catherine's not easy to win over, but Gabriel and Julia earned that from her. And it's true. Julia and Betty noted she seemed like she was ready to work hard for her degree, and that's the quality Catherine admires in Julia. And Anna said Julia has the support of so many initially because of her relationship with Gabriel and Catherine. But then she's proving herself. You know, it's, it's one thing to have connections, um, but connections will not guarantee success. They just open the door for you. You have to bring it or That's you right. will not be invited back to the party. And, uh, and Ms. Epiphany also noted that possibly um, Cecilia is in the training and replacement mindset as well. Oh, yeah. So the word it's of true. the day <laughs> I probably, is irrational. 
So you can listen to the podcast again with a good, your favorite cocktail in hand and have your own drinking game. Yes. <laughs> How many times did we say irrational? And you have to I probably said it about 20 everyone. times. No, no, we don't want to encourage binge drinking, but maybe a sip. <laughs> you can take a sip. Oh, well, if you're going to do it, you do <laughs> it all the way. Safer. Do the shot. Come on. <laughs> that's the point of a drinking Pam, this is game. why SR says he needs to send us bail money when we're together. I, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. No, it's, it's um, yeah, the conversation's just been so good on this chapter. Um, I'll say a few more comments and then we can uh, head off into the rest of the day. Um, Al noted that, Ellie noted that um, some of Catherine's care for them stems from her past with her professor and the relationship she couldn't continue to have. So she fights for them. Really good point. And it's all about the work you put in, Brenda noted. Um, and it's very, very true. And irrational is a big part of life right now, Lori noted. That's true. Somebody's going to be um, getting very drunk later. <laughs> yes, the SR Fox says it's almost 5 p.m. here. <laughs> uh, drink up. Uh, mimosa time, Anna said. Yes, because we are um, in Pennsylvania. We're in the morning hour at 10, 10 a.m. Mm -hmm. here. Um, and yes, Betty is no truer words were spoken. Pam, you never disappoint. <laughs> Always try. Always try. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, I love it. Well, this has been a really good conversation. I can't wait to dig into into next week um, when we do Chapter 27. Mm -hmm. And I wonder what is on the music list for our uh, Going Out song today. Well, we're going out with an oldie but a goodie. From the Kinks. It's called Waterloo Sunset. Waterloo is a section of London that can be very, uh, can be very pretty for those sunsets. So I love it. So anyway, I love it. So here we go. Have a good afternoon. It's almost midnight in Adelaide. So Susie's saying good night. Good night. And thank you. Thanks to everyone. Have a lovely, lovely weekend. And. Um, and Enjoy the Juneteenth in the U.S. Enjoy Father's Day in the U.S. Um, and just be safe and take care. Have be kind. <laughs>